Hey everybody, welcome to the In All Things podcast. It's time to see God in everything. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the In All Things podcast. My name is Mitch Frost, and today I'm joined by Pastor Steve Markle and Pastor Jared Hudson. We're here. Um, and we're back. And uh, yeah, Labor Day weekend was this yes. past weekend. So we were off yesterday, so we're recording on a different day. And uh, besides that, what else is new, gentlemen? Well, I mean, last week we did talk about the Chick-fil-A sandwich, then we went and got it. Oh, we did. We so did we that same review- day. Do we need to review that? I had it again yesterday. I've had it twice. Yeah. I did. It was went, better yesterday. I went out with, um, shout out to Anthony and his son Reed. Nick and I, we had that, and he had it, and he was a fan. Yeah. Did you like it the second I'm time? I'm just like a massive pimento cheese fan. So Yeah. Mm. But the first, the first time... When we got it, it was the first day they were making it, and you could tell because it was, I don't know, they didn't put very much pimento cheese on it, and it was like, I don't know. But yesterday I had it again. Yeah. It was good. They sloughed it. A lot, a lot better. Yes. Yeah. You can actually buy uh, just their pimento cheese on as a side now. Hmm. So it's like a dollar. You can do that? Probably. I don't know. Probably. Maybe. What did you think? Um, I thought it was good. I like it. I'm not a messy food person. So right. me eating like a sandwich with pimento cheese falling off every bite. Like the flavor is super good, and I would definitely get it again. But I'm not a messy food person. Yeah. I, I've never been, so it's just like, okay, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. So um, I heard but. some other guys on the radio talking about it, and then they talked about a Chick Fil A hack. I guess I should share it. I don't know. Maybe you guys have heard of this, because they were kind of the first ones that came out with the wrapper, the foil sandwich thing. Yeah. And uh, they said though, if you like you, I know you like the barbecue or not the barbecue, the buffalo sauce. They said take your sandwich out of the wrapper. And just put the chicken in there and then pour your sauce in there and then shake it. And it gets all over the chicken filet really well. Mm-hmm. They said it's amazing. Whatever, if you like Poly- the Polynesian, whatever it is, these guys on the radio were talking about it. I thought, you know, I got to share that. You're going to do it? Probably not. <laughs> because <laughs> I sounds like a lot of work. I'm a purist. <laughs> sounds like I'm a, a lot. Chick-fil-A purist. Okay. Anyway. Like, there's a on. lot of Chick-fil-A hacks out there. If you watch, like, you'll see them every once in a while on TikTok <laughs> and Instagram Reels and stuff of, like, there's nachos you can make ordering, like, what? uh if you the base is fries and then you put mac and cheese and then you cut up uh, the chicken nuggets on top mm. and something then you can make like nachos and they'll give you a bowl for it if you ask and it's a whole thing. Okay, um, sounds good. And there's something else I've seen that people do at Chick Fil A. But anyway, and you did the uh, shake too, right? What do you think about that? I did not. It was good. Then I had, you, you had did it yesterday. You did. Okay. Again too. <laughs> okay. The new shake is the caramel it's crunch. Caramel crunch. Okay. Caramel. 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 Yeah, was good. Yeah, I haven't had it. Yet. I like it. I like it. I, I like caramel, but I, so. like their cookies and cream shake at Chick Fil A is hard to beat. Yeah, so I agree. it's like for me, peaches, peaches, their best one. Yes. Yeah, peach is pretty good. I like peaches a lot. I mean, yeah. they're all good. Yeah, but the, you know, all it's, right. So it's we've a done our Chick Fil A segment of today. I got another uh, food related okay. hot topic. Okay. Bring it. So uh, Taco Bell yep. is, mm. you know, how they have the exclusive Baja Blast. Yes, mm. which you can sometimes find it in gas stations in a bottle, but in some select stores around the country, they're testing Baja Blast Gelato. Oh, yeah. Oh, so like it'll it, if it, if it's <laughs> successful, they'll like launch it. Okay, Ooh, that's awesome. Right. I know. There you go. Yeah, right. I don't Check know. Check your freezer section. All right. No, it, like in, at, Taco, at Bell. Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can oh, only oh. get it. They're like they're testing it in their stores. Okay, so that's new like a dessert. dessert. Yeah, okay, because they've haven't had dessert hmm. other than the Cinnabon things. So, yeah. but anyway. Huh, hopefully this podcast is making a lot of people hungry. Yeah, yes. I don't know when you're listening yes. to this. But All right. Hopefully it's close to food. Um, yeah. What else? How Let's about go. your weekend with uh, preaching this Sunday? How did you enjoy the the sermon? 
Uh, yeah, it was full, and um, I sweat, sweated, sweat. I sweat a lot more than sweaty. I usually do because I don't know something about the room. I don't know. I felt like it was hot, um, but it was good, and it was also a lot to get through in the time frame. So I, there was no like room to go too far down any rabbit trails or to the left or to the right too much. I just kind of just had to go for it, both yes. services. Um, and it took a lot out of me. It always does. Like when you preach and you, you know, give it all you got, but I was like even more so like just Why? exhausted because of the topic. Uh, it was, yeah. I, um, I, for I, those that just weren't a lot of there, work. what was the topic again? Um, talking about the fairness of mm-hmm. life and, yeah. um, God's intervention in it all and everything. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of prep work the week before, and then it was a lot to, you know, clearly and passionately do it two services in a row. And it was just a lot of mental, um, you know, it's, it was a heavy thing to carry. So I don't know. I was just tired from it. <laughs> did you get any, did anybody say anything to you about it afterwards besides, Hey, um, great message. A little bit. It, yeah. I was talking about this with somebody uh, might've been, yeah, it was my wife and I, and some friends were hanging out and they were asking the same thing. And it was, it's not one of those messages that was like, raw raw everybody's like oh my gosh so great like wow like it was more of just like i've heard more like yesterday and stuff people send me messages like hey i've been thinking about it a lot yeah. thank you for that whatever um which is cool it's different you know flavor i guess for messages and things like that but um yeah yeah the uh, i think um the point about the devil having uh, perm- power by permission so the, the statement i think that one uh, struck a I don't know, a different chord with people who had never really thought about that and were kind of uncomfortable with that idea that the devil is the ruler of the world, kind of, at this time, with God allowing him to do things that he does. Um, it's hard for people to get their mind wrapped around that. It's one of those things, I don't know. For you, Jared, what do you think when you hear that? Does that does that statement, like, is something uh, you studied recently in any of your theology courses or anything like that? No, I think that it's not something that's easy to hear and decipher in your mind you know, at the snap of your fingers, because mm-hmm. it's more than, it's a lot deeper than one sentence. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, people write entire book series about this one yes. uh, concept. But, but yeah, I think for me yesterday was cool because I feel like a lot of people read the story of Job and they're like, okay, yeah, it's a story about, you know, Job's faithfulness to the Lord in hard times. But there's so much more to it than that. And uh, you got deep into some of those weeds, which is cool for a, a great reminder of God's character, of um, his authority, mm-hmm. and those things. So, yeah, it was just, I I personally liked it, though it was awesome. thought you did a good job in, in explaining some of the things that are hard to explain. It struck a chord with people uh, who were struggling, and I've heard it during the whole series, people using the care room more than a typical mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Uh, my mom and dad served in there in the 11 o'clock and they both were telling me about different, you know, things that happened, people mm-hmm. coming by wanting prayer, the, you know, some, some were like, that just was about my life and I needed that so bad. And still like, like you said, and I think the biggest takeaway for me was the being able to say, I don't know sometimes when I think my generation more so than yours is more uh, uncomfortable with that. Like we just feel like, Hey, we're supposed to have an answer pastors that are my age, like somebody comes to us with a question. Um, I don't know why that happened is not an acceptable answer. It's like, well, we got to figure this out. We got to get down to it. Not that, you know, it could be because of sin in your life, but you know, just why did God allow this to happen? And everything happens for a reason. The way you tackled that statement, I think was really, really good. And it, um, I think the, the line that stuck out to me was where you talked about 
the people that in the room really live with logic, love logical thinking, where you have to step across the line from logic to faith. And I think that's what makes, you know, Christianity, a lot of what makes it what it is, is that, mm-hmm. oh, there's so much logic, but it only takes you so far. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have faith and trust God in spite of that. And, you know, we've all sat down with Christy and Terry and talked so many times about what they've done and what they've gone through with Brock. And there's a point where it's like, you know, I don't understand why God allowed that, but I have a choice to make. Am I going to trust God anyway and keep going, or am I going to run from God? Mm-hmm. And like she said to me many times, I don't know what I would do without my faith mm-hmm. to go through something like that. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's tricky. And, you know, some of the stuff, like Jared said, some of the stuff, it's like that could be a whole sermon. That could be a whole series in and of itself. Like the thing about, you know, Satan's authority and stuff like yeah. that. Like I, I wish that I had the time to just go all in on, right. you know, thoughts or what I've, I've heard about this kind of stuff. But it's like, you know, there was, it was a lot crammed into one yeah. message. I mean, I came into your office early last week and was just like, hey, I'm really starting to put this thing together. And you and I had like a 20 minute conversation of like all the ways it could go because this conversation is so layered. And so in that conversation, we just had to cut it off because we could keep going and going in that conversation. Anybody that takes this message and wants to talk about it with somebody, it just is it's a never ending trail of trying to and we're trying to understand God, which we know his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Like it says in Isaiah 55, it's like, well, how are we ever going to completely understand God? We're not. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was good. I I think it was a valuable series and it was quick. Like we said, we got another quick one coming up this week. So, which I think is cool and different for three week, two, three week series. Yeah. Coming out of a what, nine week? It was nine, I think, in the Um, summer. Yeah. So, it's a, I think it's a good change of pace and I think people will like the, you know, this week we're already switching it up and, yeah. Um, I think that's cool and different. Preview. But, yeah, Yeah, sure. It's called Sneaky Idols. Elevator Um, pitch. Yeah. Sneaky Idols. And actually, it was a term that you used, I think, in a sermon one time. I think, and that's where I, and then I said, I, I wrote it down, I thought that could be a good sermon series, and then we talked about it, but the idea is that there are so many idols that we preach on, um, that we talk about, the obvious ones like money, success, fame, um, there's so many things that we obviously make idols over God in our lives, and we've preached on them, and they're obvious, but there are some things that are sneaky that get into our lives that are really good things. And a lot of idols can be good things, but we elevate them. But these good things are things that you would not think of as potential idols. And one being family. I mean, family is a gift from God. And I'm I'm in the middle of writing that message right now, so I don't want to go too far. But family is a gift from God, but sometimes we elevate that above above God. And then we're going to talk about spiritual success. Like, of course, spiritual success is something we strive for to be uh, doing all that we can in our relationship with God and winning people to Jesus and serving, giving all those ways. But we can get prideful about that. But the success thing, we can celebrate too much to a point that becomes the idol. And then the third week is about contentment, like which is tricky because we're supposed to learn to be content. But also, we can become so content that we're not growing anymore and contentment can become an idol in our lives. So we're just striving for contentment. So um, I'm enjoying, I'm preparing, working simultaneously, really in all three of them right now, um, as I get thoughts as God gives them to me. So I'm excited for this series. I think it's going to be a different take on Mm -hmm. some things in our lives that, you know, uh, we get so wrapped up in the big idols and we know them, we've preached on them and everybody knows that's wrong, that's wrong, sure. But these are ones that are like, this first one's going to be, um, a little sticky and gonna uh, probably hurt some people's feelings with some things I'm gonna say. So good, 
You like that? Okay. Oh, yeah. I love right. getting my, my feelings hurt. Oh, so. okay. I'm going to specifically think on how to hurt yours. Are there – so this is a three-week series. So yes. our – say hypothetically it was a four- or five-week series. What are, what are two other topics that you would have thrown in there for that are sneaky idols? So you said, you said family, you said spiritual success, and contentment. contentment. Those are three. There was definitely another one that I had um, that I cut. Now you're putting you on the spot. You and don't I have don't, to remember. Okay. I, d- I know. I'm not going to. <laughs> right now it's say, like, um, what do you think? So there's just to, you know, be a little candid on this podcast. I feel like one of the things in my life that creeps up a lot as an idol is knowledge. Oh yeah. Um, and this, you know, all, I've always been super inquisitive my, my whole life. Mm-hmm. So, and with the power of Google, you can, you can know anything you want to know at any time. And, um, partner that with a uh, FOMO, mm-hmm. um, is dangerous because I feel like a lot of times it, like say like late at night, my, my mind is wandering and I'm start thinking about something and go down this rabbit trail. Next thing I know, I'm like 27 pages deep on Wikipedia. And I, because I, I have to know, I have to know, mm-hmm. I have to know. Um, and it's, it's just, it's a dangerous game for me. I think that wanting to know everything about everything yeah. is, is an idol that at times that mm. creeps up in my life. That's a good one. Mm, oh man, I gotta expand the series for whatever <laughs> we're doing in October. We're going to push back. Actually, like part of what you just said I, is going to be included in the one on spiritual success, the idea of biblical knowledge. Sometimes people really get puffed up with pride, mm-hmm. spiritual, like, man, yeah. I've, you know, I've read the Bible through 25 times. I've taken, I got a master's degree now in theology and I know so much. Well, great, but practically, right. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's good. Mm. Um, yeah, I think but- for me, um, a sneaky idol that I have found myself probably um, consistently for a long time dealing with and having to fight against is the idol of community. So, like, when you value community over God. So, like, for me, that's always been this tension that I have to hold between, like, do I want community and call it spiritual community, call it small group, call it whatever. Do I value that more than just being with the creator and spending time with God, like, would that be enough for me? Um, and when I find my, myself in times when I don't have that strong sense of community or people around me, it's like, oh, I just, I, I like, I can't even get in my Bible and I can't even do this. And like, it's just because I don't have that community around me. And, um, you know, that's actually not like, that's a, that's an idol. You can value just wanting to be around people, wanting to have that sense of friends or whatever you want to call it more than, okay, if it's just me and God, that should still be enough for me to do what I'm called to do and be faithful to what he's asked me to do. So I feel like the, the, that's a sneaky idol for me because it's like, yeah, get signed up in a small group, do this, go here, be involved in this. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to do it all. And it's like, sometimes I find myself like, no, I'm actually just, I'm just doing it because I value community more than I value God. Um, and I, a good friend of mine um, over this past year, that's been something that has been brought to my attention and made me realize that that's an idol of mine was they were you know talking about yeah, so like when they were going to join a small group and things like that, they were saying they had to constantly check themselves that they were they were joining community out of an overflow of their time with God, not joining community because they valued that over their time with God. And I was like, that's something that I think wow. I've always dealt with. So um, that's one for me. I don't know if that made any sense. No, but, it does um, because it's tricky. Again, you're talking about something God's commanded us to do. Yeah, and something good. But don't do it. Don't do it more than you do like this time with him and they can be in conjunction and work yeah. together and as they should be. Yeah. Right. Because like your community might be the thing that drives you closer to God. Absolutely. So you don't, it's really, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky subject. And so who knows, maybe next year we bring it back with three new sneaky mm-hmm. idols that we that come out of this conversation. So the flip side of that coin. Cause you're, 
you're, you have an extrovert nature. Yeah. Like the flip side of that for somebody like me, who's an introvert would be like the, like isolation. My, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. like that is where I find, uh, so much peace and, and joy ironically is like when I get to retreat to, to, uh, be by myself. Yeah. And so like, am I, am I using that time, um, wisely? Like when I get those chances, or am I just using it selfishly right. to, yeah. to recharge? But if you so. said, God called me to a season of isolation, and I'm not going to join a small group this semester so I see, can focus on God more. No. That's, see, that's a cop-out too, right? Yeah, but like it's different because like shout out to my small group. Even as, as an introvert, like my small group are my people, mm-hmm. right? So like I can, as a lot of introverts still find comfort in those that are closest to them. And you know, yeah. it's, it, it's a little bit different there, yeah. but yeah, like, I don't know. I hate missing small group. It's funny as an, as an introvert, but I, I will say like, there are times when it gets exhausting, right? Yeah, and you're right. like, okay, time to go home and yeah. get the kids to bed and just not listen to anybody say anything for yeah. an hour. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think the knowledge one struck a chord with me too. Um, Cause I feel like I just have to constantly, research it's, and study and it's a learn slippery and, slope yeah, yeah and then i can find myself like too far into that you know hole where i'm like man i'm just so obsessed with knowing this or being yeah. the, the first one to hear about this or this person or whatever and it's like that's not really the you know the goal of any of it either <laughs> right. so and yeah. like in the technology age like i said with google and all the information at our fingertips it's it's tough because we're it's hard to say we weren't originally designed or intended to um, have all the knowledge available to us that we have now um, because, you know, ultimately God has a plan and knew, knew where we were headed and where, where we are headed with what we have the ability and capability to do. But just the same, you know, the, it's the same harm when you're watching like the news over and over and over again. There's, there's only so much that our brains can process yeah, right. at one time. And, and so like if you're if you're trying to become knowledgeable at everything at the same time then it's just it's not plausible and it's not feasible you fill your brain with so much stuff that they can't process yeah at once and so yeah but, yeah that's mm. good yeah did you have any personal sneaky idols i mean no more than the ones we've already talked about i I've, haven't had others that have come in i think of the three that i'm going to talk about Probably, man, I don't know. They all, I, I, I think I would say I struggle with all of them. So they're, they're meaningful to me. Um, but the contentment one, when you, as you get older too, it's kind of gets to you a little bit where you're like, you know, um, yeah, I, I actually, one of the elders sent me an article last night. They sent it to our elders group and it was great, but it was talking about um, a pastor who resigned and he resigned um, because, his ministry looked successful, but he just couldn't take any more of the pressure of being a pastor. And he was talking about all that. And the point of sending it was just, you know, to acknowledge of what it's like to be a pastor and some of the things that you deal with. But um, there was a point I was going to make with this. What was it? I don't know. What but were I got we talking the same article too. Did you get I, it yeah. too? Um, I haven't read it yet. It was a, yeah, it was a guy, it was so a Presbyterian <laughs> church, but it was like, he listed the seven things that are the reasons why he was quitting the ministry. Oh, okay. And, um, I, I know what it was. I was going to this idea of contentment. And I told the guys that I said, I appreciate the article and I relate to those seven things. I said, but there's a part of me that I feel like God's called me to this, so I'm not going to quit. And I don't ever, and I've never even felt close to quitting. 
um, because I've found like I'm, you know, this level of contentment, like this is who God called me to be and what he called me to do. And I, you know, I'm not like that guy and I'm not like that guy. This is who I am. And, you know, as long as God allows me, this is what I'm going to do. And I do feel content in that. But the other side of that is being content to the point where you're not growing and getting better at what you do because, well, this is just the way I do it. This is who I am. So there's that um, tension, I think, that is always there. And in our lives, you know, there's a point where you're like, you guys are younger. So it's like grow, 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 grow. And then I don't want to, even though I'm older than both of you significantly, um, <laughs> especially you, um, I don't want to stop, you know, like getting better at what I do, growing in every way that I can. And there's a point where it's like, uh, you know, the mentality can be just like to coast. And I, I think that's, that is a danger. And that's the one that probably I'm like most trying to figure out how I'm going to talk about it. Cause I think, and that can happen, not just people in their fifties, it can happen at any age, but could complacency be the opposite side of the pendulum for knowledge. Hmm. So like, you know what I'm saying? Cause what yeah. you're talking about is like just being happy with who you are, maybe not trying to improve or gain knowledge and improve who you are. So yeah, it could be like just the complete opposite of that spectrum. Cause I hate I it. I hate not, I hate the FOMO thing too, but the fear of missing out, the fear of not knowing something when like I hear you guys talking about something that's trendy or new yeah. and I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I immediately hate that. And I, if I'm able to get on my <laughs> Google machine and look it up, you know, as quickly as I can to try to figure out what are they talking about? What's going on? Because I don't like not knowing. So it's a but, danger of social media. Yeah, And that's too. like, it's not all you, bad though. Right. Keeps you pushing. Like, like there's always, there's always a new topic. And I guess like, that's kind of one of the cool things for a podcast like this, but there's always like, even now the conversation we're having is out of, out of date. Cause there's something happening on yeah. social media right, right now. Just get a news we, notification. Yeah. But you know, last year, one of our episodes, remember the one we talked about quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a trend. People just doing the very minimal, bare minimal work just to get by and not get fired, but keep their job. Uh, there was an, I don't know if you saw this, but there was an article just in this week and multiple outlet news outlets about now the opposite loud, not really opposite, but loud laboring. It's funny cause Labor Day weekend, but loud laboring is a trend now. It's well, what that is, is people working and doing everything and making sure everybody knows what they're doing, talking about, I just did this. I just accomplished this. I'm so busy with this and being the loud one in the office to always be sharing their accomplishments and what they're doing and getting done. And they're not doing any more than they were or than other people, but they're making it sound like they were because they want everybody to know that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, instead of just quietly doing nothing, they're doing their work to a point, but they're doing it loudly. Have you, I'm, have you heard about that? I haven't it's heard a, about that, but I'm not surprised that that's something that we're talking it. about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we're living in a day and in an age. It's kind of, we're, we're kind of dancing around that idea. Like, where everybody wants to be seen and appreciated and uh you know the bare minimum is becoming you know above above and beyond now and um you know i, I think that's a it's an interesting <laughs> uh shift in mindset to where now it's like you said like you're kind of just doing what your job responsibilities are you're kind of just doing what you're supposed to be doing and it's like um you know you want to be cheerleaded and championed and oh my gosh everybody look at me look at me look at me and i think we're we're living in that day and age though where everything is look at me i mean get on social media open it right now on any social media app and you're going to see somebody's post about something that they did for their family or with their family and it's all look at me look at me look at me look at me um and that's a sneaky idol that's more of an obvious idol but um i I think that's i think that's very dangerous and i think it's very anti um 
you know, how we're called to live as Christians. I don't think it's supposed to be look at me, look at me, look at me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's interesting, though. I haven't heard that. Maybe it titled that of uh, yeah, loud, yeah, loud laboring, is. maybe. Loud laboring. Um, is it more about loud laborers, people yeah. trying to make known their worth because they're afraid that people won't naturally see it? You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, don't not just doing your job like you're supposed to quietly and getting it done, but making sure everybody knows you're getting it done. I, I don't know. It's a little bit of both. Maybe. It's one of those things where it's like, if it's a job that doesn't get appreciated for what they do and how much they bring, then I'm okay with it. <laughs> like, I think there's there is a side of like bringing. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, awareness of the fact of how much this type of job does or how much they really do. Like, I'm okay with that. Like. Because I, I may never know what it takes to be a, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, right, whatever right. kind of job. So I'm okay with that side of things. But I th- the thing that rubs me the wrong way is like the job where nobody's looking at you going like, oh, you're so undervalued or underappreciated. Like you have a good job. Mm-hmm. You come in, you got you got a good boss, good place to work, whatever. But you're those are probably the ones that are doing this. If I had to guess based on how our culture looks like right now, um, it's probably the people that like nobody's really asking them to do this or needing them to do right. this. And they're just like, oh, my gosh, everybody look right. at me. So I don't know. I, I could I one can article, see it going both one ways, article, I guess. One article talked about if you're in that environment, how to handle it. If you have somebody like that, how to deal with it. If you're the boss, how to deal with somebody like that. Fortunately, in our environment here where there's like six of us or seven of us here that work here, it's like we don't have anybody that is doing that. Um, but some t- Good to know. I, yes, it is. I thought uh, you were talking I wouldn't about have brought it up <laughs> now that I brought it up. Um, <laughs> But the truth is, I mean, like, just imagine what that would be like. It'd be kind of, you know, and it it can be like when you're doing the things that are more obvious that everybody sees the results of, you'd feel less likely that you need to talk about your work. But like in our culture here, it would be like somebody that's more behind the scenes. Like imagine Kat every time, like, you know, wanting to say, I made that graphic or I made that video Mm -hmm. or, you know, Christy does so much that is, I mean, she does stuff like outreach that people see and events, but a lot of it is, administrative yeah. finance it's not like you know that gets attention and fortunately we don't have we have <laughs> people that don't have this issue we don't have quiet quitters um or um loud laborers but it's just interesting how that and that is one of those things that kind of plays into the whole idol thing too of like wanting attention that can be a thing but that's one of those i think it's obviously not something we should be striving for and then you think about this in terms of our faith and how we live it up. Because when we talked about quiet quitters, if you remember, we talked about how some people take that into their faith and they just kind of quietly quit on that. Yeah. Loud laborers could be on the other end, like you're saying about, look at my family, look what we're doing. But also people loudly want to proclaim whenever they do anything for God. Like, yeah, for sure. wow, look at me. You know, I served. I did this. Like, does everybody need to know? The one time every three months that a family comes to church and they have to post a picture about it, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, like we see those examples and those things and and it's like, I think that's kind of what you're hinting towards, right? Like that, yeah. I, I did one good thing for God. Look at me. I'm so Look spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Interesting. I think with the actual loud laboring thing. I need examples of like jobs and people that are doing this. So I'm going to look it up. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. um, But yeah, I think, you know, in the spiritual sense, yeah, I think there's a lot of application. I think we maybe see that more than we might realize. More than we realize, yeah. um, Yeah. What about like on on our volunteer teams? Because like I'm just thinking about this in relation to like the production team who when they're doing the absolute best, at what they do, nobody notices because mm-hmm. until they don't notice until they mess up with something. Yep. 
like 200 people will speak up and say, oh, you missed that slide. But, but nobody's if saying it's, it's perfect, good. they don't hear a word. Yeah. So like for them, it's kind of like, you know, they they should feel appreciation when they don't hear anything. It's a, like it's a it's almost completely reverse of yeah. what we're talking about of, of what that. But yeah, no, that's a great point, too. And I think that that even more so speaks to um, kind of the, the culture in the world that we live in as well. Right. Like when something's bad or some, somebody falls right? Like, or something, you know, cancel, cancel worthy happens. Like everybody's on it. Everybody flocks to that thing. Or like you said, it's something as simple as, you know, our Sunday mornings here at church, like, you know, a slide gets missed or a note on stage gets hit wrong, whatever. Everybody is so quick to, oh my gosh, did you see that? I can't believe they let that person up there. I can't, who's running slides today? That was awful. But where's the consistent, hey, you're here every week in and out and, and you're doing a great job or, you know, yeah. you're, you're so consistently faithful and serving and showing up. And even when you aren't serving, you're here. Like, I think that's a really great point to bring to the table too. But yeah. when those people that do those jobs, they don't, that the mindset never creeps up for them to, to, to require that, you know, affirmation. That's, those people are awesome, right? Yeah, because right. You, I, I, I appreciate those people so yeah. deeply for what they do because it's, it's sacrificial to serve behind. I mean, the now that we're in yeah. the middle, well, not in the middle, but just starting football season, it's like, that's like the offensive lineman. You know, you don't even, you don't know their names. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I was listening to the recap of people talking about the Buckeye game, which was very boring. One of the most boring Buckeye games I've watched in a while. They won, obviously, but it was, um, and then we're talking about, well, the offensive line didn't block well enough for the, you know, who cares, right? Like they just need to block better, but nobody really, they don't get, they don't get interviewed. They don't get their recognition and, uh, they just only because they didn't do well enough. Yeah. Right. And it's like in, in life, there's so many, um, people like that and some have to, you know, be loud and some. It's funny whenever you get like, not to get on the football train, mm -hmm. but whenever you, your team like recruits like a four star or a five star offensive uh -huh. lineman, you're like, Oh, great. And you know, like that's, that's cool and all, but why, I mean, He's just a lineman, right? Right. Nobody gets that yeah. excited. Yeah. It's nobody. not the quarterback like, or the He's like receiver. one of the top 10 right. linemen in the nation, but like nobody knows his name and you're not excited that your team recruited him. But, you know, it's just another stat. Mm. Right. Uh, but those guys, yeah. I mean, they take they take the brunt of of all of it on the football field and so and and they don't get recognition from it. But what would it be like if they wanted, you know, it's like, it's like the wide receiver who gets pumped up after like a huge catch. You don't see those guys like getting fired up after like a block, you know, no. like they're just, they're quiet, they're quiet leaders. Mm. Um, and that's, you, they have to be, you know, that's what they're more or less, that's what they're bred to be because they're, you know, 400 pounds. So. <laughs> yes. But yeah. Anyway. So we need to, we need to learn how to celebrate the linemen in all of our individual yes. Ooh, I like it. right? You need to celebrate the linemen you know, that might on be our part church serving teams. We got to celebrate right. the linemen in your job. Find a lineman and celebrate them. You know, in that's uh, good. November, that might work into that series that we're doing on the playbook, mm. little football themes that we might throw in there, and that would be a good one. Uh, figure that out. So anyway, yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I, so let's, you know, this is the same conversation, but where's the line between wanting – appreciation and um appreciating appreciation and when does it become you know i need it a sneaky idol appreciation mm. of um mm. you know this is something that if i don't get it um i'm gonna think in these ways like how do we how do we navigate that line because i think i think it would be untruthful to say that you know there's people who 
don't need any recognition or appreciation whatsoever and like it you know they don't care about it like i i think everybody to a baseline appreciates right like being recognized for what they do i i i think i think there's varying degrees mm -hmm. right but i think everybody would generally say okay yeah if somebody appreciates me or recognize me for what i would do i, I would like it right well start with start with you because you spoke yesterday on stage in front of everybody do you feel like like do you feel like you needed more affirmation or less or you whatever you felt or whatever you got was that enough for you or um for me in that way it depends who it for me it's who it's coming from yeah i could get 50 comments on a sunday morning after preaching and if it's not from uh, this you know select group of people that i really value their opinion and they had they know me really really well then like i will be in my head all day yeah. Um, but if, you know, nobody says anything about it except for maybe those three or four people that I really, really look forward to hearing their, you know, and value their insight, I'm on top of the world. Like even if nobody else says anything. So for me, that's that's my personal like it's not it's not quantity, it's quality, it's who's speaking into and appreciating what I'm doing. That that for me that goes way further than you know, everybody oh my gosh, there's a line of people, that's so great, that's so great, that's so great. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. And I'm kinda like all right, but there's some people that I'm really, you know, looking because I because I really appreciate, you know, mm -hmm. what they bring to my life and they know me off the stage. So for me, that's so much more important, yeah. I guess. Um, and so I don't know. That's I don't know if you relate to that at all, but like that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and I mean, just being candid, like, I, you know, first couple of times I preach, I had a lot of people tell me, wow, so great. You're so young. You're so gifted. You're so this. And that was awesome. But I remember at that time, like I didn't have, a, you know, a couple people that, you know, older people in my life that were really speaking into me, mentors, I guess you could call them. So I, I, I walked away feeling very like in my head and I, I think I suck and I, I never want to do this again. Yeah. And now that I have that, you know, group of people that I really value, like for me, that's not, not that I even necessarily like if they tell me it's awful, I'm not going to be like destroyed, but I'm going to be like, OK, I got to get better. I want to improve because I because I value those people so much. So there was a time where maybe I got a lot of appreciation and recognition and I was like, OK, I don't really know what to do with this. But now I'm like, as long as I've, I've got this group of people that I know knows me on the stage, off the stage, wherever I'm doing, they you know, they care about me when I'm not <laughs> preaching as much as when I am. That means a lot more to me, I guess. I don't know. No, that makes sense to you. I mean, the first person I want uh, to hear from after the 930 service is always my wife. Yeah. Like, what did you think? What can I say better? And she's not like, oh, you're the greatest thing in the world every time. She's going to be like, well, I think you could have said that one line better or you could have said that better. It's great, but that would be a good thing to improve. Can I pause on. real quick? Yes. After this week, <laughs> after 930, I came off stage and I was so hot. Don't know what went on. I don't know. I was very sweaty. And I sat down, had the iPad, whatever, put there. And I just, I'm so hot. It's so hot in here. I looked at her and we usually have a quick, like, you know, how As was the sermon? Your wife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My wife. And she says, can you change it? And I immediately thought she was talking about the sermon. <laughs> like my whole body, I was like, can I, ch can I change the whole thing? Like, what did I do? And she was like, no, the AC, like, can you, can you change the temperature in the room? That's and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> like, that's good. But obviously, yeah, that's someone that I very much look for that, in their yeah. validation. <laughs> Which anyway. is funny because I didn't think it was that hot Sunday. It was, Thankfully, it was a little was it? me up. Okay. It's always warm on the yeah, stage. Yeah, I mean, the stage, so. well, yeah, I'm always sure. trying to run on preaching. But, but anyway, I mean, like, I know for you, like one of your love languages is words of affirmation, right? Mm -hmm. One of the big ones for you. And so when I, like try to give you feedback afterwards. If I just said, Hey, great job. Like, okay. Anybody says that I try to be with you intentional about using words that I'm really thinking like about it and say something specific that I thought was good because I, I think to you, that's like, Oh, he's not just saying that he really 
really thought that. He really listening. I think, you know, people don't generally give us bad feedback. They just give us none. <laughs> Sometimes there's like, uh, you know, you can tell when some people really thought about it. And I care. And I think that's what I was trying to tell you earlier. I care more about hearing now about people who really were thinking about the message and it, and it impacted them in a way that might produce life change in them. You know, it's not just, oh, you did a great job. Your performance on the stage was fantastic. I used to get kind of sucked into, you know, did I make people laugh? Which is, you know, I think humor is a great way to break down barriers and it helps people to to listen then when you drive home a point. But sometimes you, I could get caught up in like, I had a few times where I come off and be like, I don't think I was funny at all. And Cher's like, it doesn't matter. Mm. <laughs> That's not yeah. your point. You're not a comedian. Obviously I'm not. But like, I think that that matters sometimes just cause it, I want new people to, you know, feel at home, be relaxed. Cause when you're relaxed and you know, you're more likely to listen. So anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't live for the compliments, but I do, like you said, who they come from matter, how they're said matter. Attaboys. Great job. That's nice. But mm. you know, I appreciate that and I, I can just you know yeah. I think how about you what do you I know you don't preach um, but I am like ninety eight percent internally motivated so I don't really require much affirmation yeah like affirmation and so like um constructive criticism I eat that for lunch like I love I love it like I love there's nothing more because I, I see most of the things that I do wrong or, yeah. or, or and, and I know that I need to fix them. But if I hear that, like, okay, this person also agrees, it's like, okay, mm. now it's really time to, to shift gears and fix this or fix that. So, like, me and Josiah will have a meeting every Monday, and we go through, the, like, a list of, like, 25 things. And some of them might be small details that <clears throat> went wrong in the service or things that we need to try to improve on. And for me, whenever I say something and he also sees it and we agree, we're like, okay, that's a, that's a hard hitting point we need to, to fix. But like when it's just, I, I'm a lot like Mitch in that the repetitive, oh, that was great. That was great. That was great. Good job. You sounded awesome today. Like those just become so monotonous in your mind that you don't value them because they're not constructive at all mm -hmm. because you'll have the same exact person say, you know, you did so awesome every day. We're like, okay, yeah, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, but I needed to fix this. I need yeah. to do this different. I need to, yeah. and if those things are pointed out, um, obviously you don't want people coming up to you and like harping on every, all of your flaws, right? Um, and that that's what I'm talking, you value Sherry so much is because your relationship allows her to do that mm -hmm. for right. you and, and, and for your wife too, yep. Mitch. So, um, but that's, that's kind of how I work. Like I don't, I, and I'm, I don't, I, I guess I'm a little unique in that, um, but I, I don't, I don't hate when people, you know, are like, that was awesome or yeah. good job or you yeah. sound, but at the same, I don't, I'm not fueled by it. Like you haven't been, I would say over 11 years of working with you, you haven't been the easiest to compliment Sure, <laughs> because you're like, yeah, but also, um, whenever I've gone to you with some constructive criticism, it's usually like you already know it and it. But I find that validation mm -hmm. in like, okay, somebody else saw yeah. it, so let's now it's time to tackle it. Right, yeah. right. Like, and, and with every staff member too, in my position, I know that you're not all the same, and so um, maybe certain ones need more affirmation yeah. than others, yeah, and more validation than others, yeah. So, and I don't, you know, it's just one of those things. That I I don't live for that either, and it's different. It's just it's just 
It varies, but yeah. But some people, you know, to get back to the idol discussion, I feel like some people idolize that way too much. Like if if they don't hear uh, feedback from anybody, then you know their self esteem can go down the drain yeah. so quickly. Yeah, and um, just and then to get back once again to the production team volunteer argument, like I have to a lot of time always go out of my way to tell them that they did a good job because I know that nobody else is feeding that into them. And if more than likely if they're serving in that capacity, they're a lot like me and that they don't require a lot of positive feedback. Yeah. Um, well, I will say for you and I both, I think it's something that can be a blind spot for us. I know that it has been for me of appreciating people that do the mundane things mm-hmm. that we might look at as, as regular tasks and because maybe I don't require, hey, great job every time or thank you every time. Yeah. It's still there are people that really thrive on that. Yeah. And I, I've been told and you know encouraged to do a better job of that. Uh, and sometimes, man, it's so so life giving. Sometimes just to walk through and thank people for what they do. I mean, especially volunteers. I mean, that's that serve the ministry of the church. And you can think, well, they should be doing it for God. Why do I need to thank them? They should get their, you know. They shouldn't have uh, that goal of being thanked by the pastor that they serve under or whatever. But I think it means so much, and, it, and it's life-giving to them. And to then when you do it, you feel like, wow, you know what? It is good to appreciate people. Yeah. I think it's like, yeah, I, I, it's showing them that what they're doing is worth something, yeah. right? Like I think, of, um, I think of the people that run – like one of the easiest jobs in our church is – on the production team running camera and we struggled to staff that position, but it's so easy. But I think that the, when people are doing that position and running a camera, they don't realize that if they weren't there, then nobody would be able to watch on the live stream. And same thing in the, in the worship center. Like if the sound guy wasn't doing his job, nobody would be able to hear. It's because of one person that so many people benefit. Yeah. Um, and then same thing with the, like the kids ministry. If they didn't sacrificially serve back there, yeah. we'd have a thousand babies crying and yeah. nobody would have been able to hear, you know, the story of, of Job this weekend. And so I thought yeah. it was job, job, yeah, whatever. No, that's good. And it makes me think of too, like, you know, we hope <laughs> that we, you know, when we die and we stand at the gates of heaven, we're going to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Right. And, and so we can play a role in kind of reflecting God to the people around us, the the, the sacrificial volunteers that give to uh, this church and the things that we're doing by just thanking them, right? Well done. Like, this is awesome. This is great. I, I think that's, we're almost playing a, a leadership role in that way of encouraging and calling those gifts even more so out of the people that we get to, you know, serve with, right? Um, and somebody who needs more affirmation maybe than you do, like there have been, like there's times where I'm thinking about, you know, in those settings where, you know, we'll, we'll make a comment about something not being great or something not being right or whatever. I'm thinking like, oh, what is that person who's running it going to feel? And, you know, there's been times where like back in the sound booth, just getting my mic and I'll go up to the lights person. Hey, thank you so much for today. I'll tell Wayne, like, like, and I'm just, cause I'm thinking about if I was in that, in those shoes and in the yeah. spot, like I would feel like crap if I didn't, you know, I so know it's, just, I I know. Said, it's a different that, perspective, there though, is. right? It's just like, Remembering, remembering all that—it's good. Yeah, we want the end product to be as good as it can possibly yeah, be. Absolutely. So when we're apprehensive to receive criticism on things, then that's dangerous for what we do, because ultimately our goal is for more people to come to know Jesus. And so we want to be able to do—we want our service to run as smoothly as possible. We want our performance to be as optimal as we can possibly make it. And if we're apprehensive to getting there, 
then ultimately we're responsible for, you know, less people coming to know the Lord, which is our goal. So it's like, there's, there's, there's a, there's a line that we have to walk there. And I think three of us, we're all on, we're all, we're all on slightly different paths in that, like as far as what we require. Yeah. But Um, we're all driven and to be as perfect as we can too. So we we are all very hard on ourselves. Like we Mm -hmm. know when we said something wrong, done something wrong. Um, and we are quick to, um, be on our own case. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Which is good. I, and, uh, and each other's, cause I think, yeah. you know, the longer we work together, um, the easier it is to, to be open. About. I mean, and even Josiah, like Josiah's only been on our staff for a little while, but when he was interviewing, he was telling us about how open and forward he likes to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. This is great because, you know, we'll be able to be so open and candid about, you know, our, our team performance and right. how we can improve and how, you know, he can improve, I can improve. And it won't be like this big walking a tightrope game over what can I say to him about, you know, how he needs to change this wow. because he's eager to get better. Right. We're all eager to get better. Yeah. So. It's yeah. hard to, to between like after our first service, like there was something you said at nine thirty. I was like, do I tell him that you could have said it differently or better or will that get in his head? Or if something with music or something mm-hmm. isn't right, like did Josiah know it? Did you know it? Um, and sometimes I'm like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And knowing them, they probably already know it. Yeah. And knowing, yeah, yeah. and if I come to them and say, because I've done that to you many times, Jared, and you've been like, I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And uh, like, so I like, you know, weigh it out in my mind. Do I need to say something or not? And it's a rally cry. Yeah. Like when, whenever you come, whenever you approach somebody, or <sighs> especially me about something, it's like, it just, like I said, it it, it motivates the. It motivates even more to get it worked out or ironed right. out. So, yeah. so even though like we're like, yeah, I know. But in the past, well, there's been a lot of times, especially in my position as worship leader for a long time, like, you know, there was only so much I could handle and do at once, which was a big part of the motivation behind hiring Josiah. Right. Was you know now that we have all this extra horsepower, we're like we can fix all these details, yeah. and we don't have to internalize whenever something goes wrong and think that it's like just this big um, weight on our shoulders. Because we're all a team trying to fix it together. Yeah. I mean, an example of this from you, Jared, that you taught me actually last year, um, there was a situation that you and I had on staff where I was frustrated by some things, and we, but mm. I never addressed them because that's not generally my personality yeah, type. Yeah. And you walked to my door in my office, shut the door, sat on my couch, and said, so what's going on? And I was like, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> uh, we have to talk about this right now. And I gained a lot of respect for you in that moment because you were just kind of like, hey, let's not brush this under the rug and pretend this isn't yeah. happening. Like, let's talk about it. And I feel like our working relationship was a lot better after that uncomfortable yeah. conversation, you know? Um, but I, I remember Worked that together, that, like in offices right next to each other every day, all year round, like you have to be able to develop those types of yeah. open relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's end with this. Cause I don't want to leave it hanging. When do you know that your need for appreciation has stepped over the line and is probably too much or gone to this sneaky idle place? Cause I know we kind of started that conversation, but I want to end with some applicable, like, here's how, you know, that maybe you need a pr- appreciation or recognition too much. Maybe you're a loud laborer and you don't. That's what I was it. just so, thinking. Yeah. So let's end on that, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up if you guys are good with that. So how do you know? What are some signs that you or somebody is in a place where other people's uh, recognition, other people's appreciation, other people's affirmation has become a little bit too much, and it's probably an idol. I mean, I think when you when you go fishing for compliments, mm. I think that is yep. an obvious Red sign. Red flag. Red flag. When you're asking, you know, it's like. I've walked off the stage before and I've been like, um, 
Nobody says anything. My wife isn't, I get nothing unless, and then I'm like, how was it? Was it that bad? And then it's like, no, just as a lot, sometimes there's a lot to think about. It's a very contemplative type of message. You're not going to get anything. But um, then I'm like, hey, Steve, just, you know what? You're doing this for the audience of one. Of course, there are 500 people here, but it's the audience of one. So like, but, but I think I've caught myself a few times on that, in that place where I'm mm. like, I need somebody to tell me I did a good job and nobody is. That's good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going along with that. I think, you know, when the silence of no recognition is really, really loud to you. So the times when you don't get recognition, don't get appreciation for something you thought was awesome or thought was great. And it's just so loud to you. It's all you can think about. You're so fixated on it. You go home from wherever it is and you're just, you're eating up inside and you can't think about anything else and you can't sleep and you're sick to your stuff. Like, I think that's, you know, probably a sign that maybe you're needing appreciation and needing recognition more than, than you should. Um, because I, I mean, I've had times like that too, where I've come off of a message or a, an event where it's very public and I need to put this work on display and I come off and it's like silence and I'm like, Oh, and I'm going around to people and I'm like, how was that? What did you think it'd go? Okay. Like trying to like sneaky ask these questions of like, validate me, please. Right. Um, but then yesterday, like, or two days ago, that was the least maybe feedback I've ever gotten after a message. And I really? was okay because the okay. people that like knew what I was wrestling with to put this together they, you know, were able to tell me like, Hey, you clear, you know, you did it like clearly. And I felt good and peace in my own heart putting it together. But it was probably the least feedback on a Sunday morning that I've right. ever had. You just um, like a lot of that is due to, I think you just sticking to scripture and being like, all right, we're going to, we're going to power through the book of Job. Like there's not much to argue yeah. or like be like, Oh, I don't know about this or that. So like, it was, yeah, it's awesome sure, to, sure. to have those. Yeah. And I think that's good. Like and, if anybody had an issue, you can be like, Oh, take it up with the yeah, Bible. Right? Yeah. I mean, plus you're, you know, way past your honeymoon period now where you're the, the young kid. Hey, great yeah, job. Every yeah, yeah, time yeah, you yeah, preach yeah. It, now, it's like, you're actually, I mean, you're making us think. And that's where I, I and I, I said this to you, I think I kind of communicated that it was just like, I'm sitting there thinking about the sermon, not as much about your delivery and, and, and all that as much as about what you're talking about and how it applies and how we can apply it to our lives. And so that's where I've, you know, you've crossed over. I mean, you're, you're preaching, you're pastoring, and this is not to just talk about Mitch and compliment you, but that's where it's different in that. He was fishing for this, right? I know. Now. Like, are you, do you feel like, are you <laughs> affirmed? Are you affirmed? Because we're affirming you right now. No, but that's that's no. But so anyway, that was one of the signs. Was you asked this question? Yeah. Fishing for compliments. What else is there? Um, yeah, I said when you know when the silence of nothing is is a little bit too loud. What do you you, know, you have any you want to add? No, any I don't really think so. Because I because like I said I I I struggle in the opposite way because yeah. I'm not I'm not motivated by compliments. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm, I don't know, maybe something that I idolize a little bit more in the, in the same spectrum um, is results. I think I'm more result um, motivated. Like as, as a musician or worship leader, whenever I'm leading worship, like if I feel like the congregation's not engaged in worship, it's like, okay, well then clearly doing something wrong. Mm. Um, and maybe I, I can focus on that a little bit too much rather than just realizing, okay, this is what the Lord's prepared me to do and yeah. called me to do. Yeah. So I'm just going to do it rather than be like, oh man, no, nobody responded to that. Like, oh, this is a complete failure. And I, I get wrapped up in that a lot. You know, there's a, like I said, there's a line to walk there too. Mm. If I look out in the congregation and nobody is worshiping with me and everybody's, you know, blank faced or look, you know, and then, and then I get off stage and everybody's like, oh, that sounded so good. Good job. You know? And I'm like, 
okay, but you know, the congregation was kind of dead today, yeah. you know. That's, I feel like that can be a, a, a sinful mm-hmm. desire for yeah. me to be able to visibly see. Because the spiritual realm isn't something that we can see uh, visually yeah. a lot of times. And so, you know, people worship in different ways. And same thing with during while you, while you guys are yeah. preaching. Yeah. Just because you're not getting amens and laughs and things yeah. like that doesn't mean right. that people aren't, yeah. you know. And sure. I think, too, to bring this home as... I know you're wrapping this up to think about it. We're talking a lot about what we do and from the church realm, but I think everybody out there listening, I mean, most of them don't work for the church. So in their own world, the lack of appreciation can be as simple as something in the husband, wife, if you're married and listening relationship. And sometimes your parents, 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 child, like sometimes I like with Nick, I'll throw it back at him. Like he asked for something. I'm like, you know, did you say thank you for the last thing I did for you? You know, or like um, sometimes we can feel that with our spouse. We're like both of us can think we're doing the lion's share of the the labor in the house. Like, would you know I did the dishes and I paid the bills and I did this and that while you were doing this. And, you know, it's like you want appreciation. You want recognition. So I think like where we're getting at here, wrapping this up is kind of like, how do we how do we make this better rather than just, you know, finding ourselves in that spot where we're frustrated with lack of affirmation or appreciation or we're like annoyed by somebody that's fishing for it. If somebody's fishing for it and we're close to them, it could be their their problem, but it also could be a little bit of us too. Yeah. And I think that's where those of us that maybe don't feel like we need it as much, we need to do a better job. Because I think of there's seeing it of seeing it and yes, it yes, and encouraging, yeah. encouraging them. You know what? Like, the reason that they're asking for that is because I'm not doing a very good job of appreciating them. Because not everybody that is out there saying stuff, some people are being loud laborers because you never acknowledge what they're right. doing. And like, um, you know, sometimes I'll do something really dumb. It's lame. My wife will be like, she's, you know, she does all the laundry. That's her thing. And one of her things. And like, I'll be putting my clothes away that, that are folded on the bed. And she's like, and I'll just be like, thank you so much for doing the laundry and give her a big hug and a kiss. And she's like, okay. I'm like, I really appreciate it. I'm like, I know I don't say it and you do it all the time. I take it for granted, but I really appreciate you doing the laundry and have clean clothes because, you know, and it's just like, it's simple, silly, but like, you know, I'm just waiting for her to give me the hug and say, thank you for doing the dishes. But every once in a while, she's, are you listening? Uh, There's always something you're, trying to get out of it, right? It's like, thank you for doing the laundry, but could you, uh, <laughs> could you do it a little quicker next time? No, I, no, not really. <laughs> I'm out of underwear. No, that's what Nick does too. It's her. like, you do such a good job. I just, that, I just, you well, know. She did it better. Yeah. The typical teenagers like, I wore it yesterday. Why is it not clean today? You know, um, anyway, uh, all that to say we could do, we, you know, there's two ends, two sides to it. We could always do better, right? Yeah, and I think small things are important for those who, for everybody, right? Small things like saying thank you, like a hug or a kiss, yes. maybe not to everybody, but to your spouse. Um, but yeah, I think that's important. I think that matters. Um, but I think that's it. Do you guys have anything else you want to add to this? I think uh, we're kind of at a good place to end it. Wrap it yes. Up. Yeah. No, really nothing else to add. Um, yeah. Well, let us know what you thought of today's conversation. Uh, we'd love your feedback and we'd love ideas and topics for future conversations as we continue, uh, to make some tweaks and change what this podcast looks like. And, uh, we've heard some good feedback already. So speaking of feedback today, uh, we've you? heard some feedback okay. of people liking the third and liking, um, kind of the very unscripted platform. So we're going to continue to, to go down that route. And, uh, I think that's all we got for today. Yeah, sounds good. So we will see you next week on the in all things podcast. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the In All Things podcast. Our challenge for you today is to send this episode to one person. Seriously, think of somebody right now that could use this conversation and send it to them. If you have any questions, feedback, or topic ideas, please send them to podcast at sycamorecreek.org and make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sycamore Creek Church so that you can always see what's going on in our world. If this conversation helped you at all, make sure you share it, leave a review, and subscribe so that you don't miss out on a single episode. We love you, God loves you, and we'll see you next week on the In All Things podcast.